0: Hey Mark, I just won the lottery.
1: Oh boy, what are you gonna
0: what are you gonna do with it, Jacob? I don't know. But that's why we're here on our Finance and Money podcast for new polity. Buddy, we gotta get a title. I don't know. What are we gonna call this? <laughs> Financing with the fools. <laughs> Where we come to you with our wealth of knowledge. Crypto cash. Crypto cash. I
1: don't know what that means. It just sounds good. <laughs> Can you explain to me Bitcoin in five words?
0: Fake money, imaginary idea, stateless. There
1: we go. We have our podcast. We'll see you next time. New polity, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so last time we were talking about the virtue of magnificence. Yep. And what we're doing here is just plowing through the virtues and showing how the Christian society, A, needs holiness, right, in order to have a just economy. You can't devise it mechanically. You have to have people being... Holy, right? And then when people are holy, they will create the Christian alternative to mechanism, right? Which is the honor and shame that comes with being a part of that society, right? Like you want to give, not because you're motivated by the profit motive or taxes
0: or whatever. Or you're a commie and waiting for the state to handle everything. Big,
1: big daddy state here to just cup your butt and tell you to, anyways. The point (laughs) point is that you have a genuine desire to merit in heaven and you are ashamed before your neighbor not to do so this is this is the alternative to mechanism right we talk about because there's something real we
0: got a real problem today with that too oh so in the last year billionaires in the u.s increased their wealth by 36 percent
1: wait you're telling me that i'm telling you during during a dang old pandemic
0: yeah when 30 million people were out of a job at one point that the billionaires
1: B- the big boys the got big boys.
0: bigger. They got. Are you years. kidding me? That
1: doesn't sound like this country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds
1: like um. No, nope, that sounds like this country. Okay, yeah. so the big <laughs> the big boys got bigger. Well, that's you know what I have to say. I'm one of those who benefited uh because I got one thousand two hundred dollars from the
0: government. Didn't you get twenty four hundred dollars? Didn't more get? Didn't your wife get? <gasps> She did, oh, yeah. So you we guys got, got twenty four hundred,
1: and we would have gotten five hundred for having a child, but we he doesn't have a social security card yet, so what? Our bad.
0: He doesn't exist. Then actually, the state doesn't know him. He's not in the registry, and he's not real.
1: This is highly irresponsible. We should <laughs> not have admitted it. Okay, so yeah, the, the we have a crisis in which apparently, when everyone gets sick and jobless, this is good for the rich people.
0: Yeah, because they have mechanisms by which they get money that don't include people needing to leave their houses anymore. It's genius.
1: Right, because we're just buying stuff? Yeah. Well, and we aren't buy- they also getting direct bailouts, like from the PPP loan and such?
0: Well, we're getting direct bailouts, but, and then everybody goes and spends them on corporation like at, in, in in job excuse me everybody got their money and then they spent their money at companies that are actually corporations that are owned by these billionaires right, okay, gotcha. and 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 so meanwhile well because
1: all the little ones were shut down
0: yeah all of them were shut down they also the 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 loan the when we printed that 2.5 trillion dollars the smallest percentage of that went to small businesses they ran out of money within the first week mm. they and then tens of thousands of small businesses closed so those guys who are actually having some freedom anyways we're getting off on on well but can i just say
1: can i say this before you go on to the right point is like what (laughs) the hell is so great about being a big company if you need so much you're just like like a giant beggar for the state apparently
0: well that's true but they've also been able to beg the state really well i mean this is part of the problem with like classical uh capitalism and, and it's totally like an issue with von mises who you know even amongst his brilliance in certain respects like does not consider this the profit motive actually going down the avenue of what we consider to be politics today sure. it's like of course like if somebody's greedy and wants to get more money then they're going to go and use the state to help them do that oh in yeah ways, he never yeah, really does
1: capitalists that. like just think of the state as another player
0: Oh, totally. It's not
1: like it has any kind of sacred aura. Yeah, so. absolutely.
0: But we're talking about billionaires. We're talking about billionaires. And they have a really big problem. They just increased their wealth by more than a third. So sorry. It's a huge issue. And it, the reports just came out that of for the Forbes 400, the 400 wealthiest people in the world, that 35% of them gave less than 1% of their wealth away this year. Boys. They are confused. They need our help. They need to know what to give their money to, and we are here for you. Heck yeah! So we're going to, need to play the game. What do you do with a billion dollars? All right, you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. Jeff Bezos, this one's for you, boy. Oh yeah,
1: because a lot of a lot of people have actually complained. Like this isn't just like theoretical. Like, yeah, like, like Jeff Bezos has. Um,
0: um, He's tweeted out, "I need help giving away my money. Do you guys have any ideas? Yeah, yeah, totally,
1: totally, um, and." You said that thirty-five percent give less than one percent of their wealth, and the stats don't really get that much better going up, right? Oh no, then- yeah,
0: no, the majority give five percent or less. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and even like the average sits around four percent,
1: right? Which like if sure. you're if you're a Christian who tithes, that means that you are already giving more percentage-wise of your money away than billionaires, those who can really afford to. Yeah, Yeah,
0: absolutely, it's tough. Okay, it so is tough. To it's help. tough, and there's a, there's a few different things in there like much of their money like nobody really holds fiat currency like us dollars and bills like nobody does that because it's not a good store of value for them and they're they're idea is to store their value so to be able to actually have all this money in a liquid form so they could give it away more freely means that they're going to have to sell a lot of things and yada 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 but also means that they're probably going to have to distribute their companies a little bit better and give Mm -hmm. ownership to their employees more than they do right now Mm -hmm. anyways all to say is that we need to give you a mechanism by which to like axioms of how they give your money away yeah so so the first one is tithe so, yeah you just got a billion dollars awesome 100 million dollars right to the church boom done that's it blink so, check solving it doesn't your problems. necessarily have to be a blink check you can give it for certain things like use this to pay the utilities for the next 100 years yeah totally yeah yeah the church needs your money so that's a big start after that then you have to say what are the things in society or throughout history that have changed society so that it loves Jesus Christ more? Like what actually makes room in a society and in and thus in people's hearts for the kingdom of God to enter into their souls and then into the community?
1: Mass production of Chinese goods.
0: You nailed it, so send your... <laughs> Send i know this workers.
1: i know this because holy cards are often made in china you you're right. wow wow oh yeah let's get black billed here
0: church candles church candles yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 china china china
1: okay so what can you actually do don't do those things <laughs> don't do this what can a society do well
0: actually so the thing that i was thinking of is yeah. like when when the when the knights all got really guilty felt really guilty in the late antique period about how evil they were mm-hmm. and like how they just amassed all this bounty and all this stuff. And then they ended up founding monasteries. Yeah, that's right. And I think that, that really ultimately changed the course of history and it set up Europe to becoming Christendom. Europe would not have become Christendom if it was not for the guilty knights yep. founding monasteries with their bloody money yeah
1: which is a and it's a great like circle in the sense of the knights who have the money um it's through the preaching of the clergy that they are inspired yeah. to yeah, give yeah, it yeah that's right that they need to um they need to do atonement for their sins and it's the clergy that benefit as well or the religious rather that
0: Right. Well, in, in many of these cases, it would be different religious. So, you know, you hear the preaching yeah. from right, of course. from one, and then that goes to the ear of the night. They create more monasteries. Mm-hmm. And, but there, So there's two things that are worth considering here for a second. For, first is like this this cycle from contemplative life to the active life. And I don't mean to get too nerdy. promise not to. But it really is like what enables society to become better is hearing preaching from from the sacred word so that you know the direction that we're all supposed to be tending, receiving this blessed sacrament so that you have the capacity and the grace to be able to achieve that end, then going off and doing it, and then enabling and orienting your active life to go back to that prayer, preaching, sacramental life as well so there's this there's this dance between the contemplative life to the active life back to the contemplative life that really if you have that then you're going to have a healthy society
1: yeah and it's important to realize like though, though there's an active contemplative distinction mm-hmm. um, because we are not individuals but we're families and communities yeah as families we can have both the active and contemplative so, totally so it's not simply the case that like some people live the active life and some people live the contemplative life it's like no it's very clear that everything is supposed to be orientated towards the preservation of the contemplative life. Yes, It just means that your part of a family having that contemplation isn't necessarily the act of contemplation itself. It might be making the conditions possible, for, like to m- make the possible conditions of contemplation, right? So like when you are an active member in the world and your vocation is very much to politics and to like on the ground trading or whatever it is, um, and you're producing profit, you're producing money, you're producing wealth, um, you're founding a monastery, you're creating a space for religious contemplation um, is the way in which society contemplates.
0: And you benefit from it. You gain their prayers. And of course, everybody should have a contemplative life themselves right. of, yeah. of, of prayer. and But the dominant mode of your life is not that mm-hmm. if you're a layman. Um, yeah. yeah. It, I mean,
1: it's just not because your kid will scratch your yeah.
0: face. And it, but this is also saying, yeah, right. <laughs> Can we rip on monks again, or did we already do that? (laughs) I was
1: ripping on monks the other day; it was great. Like they're really proud for like getting up in the middle of the night to pray. Oh, dude! And recently, I've realized that.
0: We do that more. We do
1: that a lot. <laughs> Not necessarily to pray. Sometimes we pray that we will be able to go back to bed. However. Yeah, my head
0: hurts this morning. Check, yeah. check your monk privilege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're done ripping on monks. Uh, but anyways, this really does come back to St. Paul's analogy of the body. Like we have the head, mm-hmm. we have the hands. Mm-hmm. There's a different parts. Okay. But we need to get wealthy people need to be able to reform the actual like layout of a society so that we have that cyc- cyclical s- system yeah. of contemplative, active, contemplative, active, and all moving in unison with one another. Yeah. So, found monasteries. Yeah, that's the first thing, and that's gonna that's gonna take a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely, you know?
1: and, and it won't happen without. I mean, this is all we all, we do this in concert, right? We're all part of the same family, uh, so it won't happen without the desire for people to join the monasteries. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Um. But you can, you can do that. You can find that. God always calls. Like even Honestly. when Elijah the prophet thought he was alone, he's like, dude, I have 7,000 others. What are you talking about? Well, and what's really yeah.
1: fascinating is if we live in the age of the greatest accumulation of wealth that humanity has ever seen mm-hmm. and simultaneously the age of the least magnificence that anyone has ever seen. Yeah, that's right. And, and you can look at this in terms of our churches. Like we build cheap, ugly churches, oh, even though we have, have cheap, more ugly accumulated yeah. wealth. Yeah. Right? than ever before. And it seems to me that these things are totally interrelated. Like if there is a vocations crisis, if there is a crisis in the religious life where Mm. we're not having more vocations, Mm -hmm. um, surely in part it is because the very wealth by which we show forth the beauty of contemplation in the architecture of the monastery of the church um, is being called. It's, it's being yeah. held back. Yes. And and when we do use it, we use it to create ugly things. Why yeah. would you want to join a monastery that isn't beautiful?
0: Oh, dude, because you literally have to spend the rest of your life there. I know. You're not going to do that. Mm-mm. So give away, you start monasteries. So tithe first. 10% okay. gone. Boom. $100 million gone. Yeah. Start to create a very, very beautiful monastery. It's going to be about $200 million $200 million. For yep. the land for the, for the actual construction, you're, I mean, cause you have to build quarters for them. You're going to have to build what will hopefully become like a basilica, sure. you know, at least yeah. something super beautiful.
1: Yeah. Gra- and you need land for farming or. Yeah.
0: Because, because also this is a good point is that the monks actually have to have an active life too, Sure, you know, and this was the thing it's like, we think about St. Thomas, like the great thinker through the middle ages, like he, he was a busboy. you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. everybody had a certain productive job that they had to do. Yeah and so i'm so trying we,
1: not to get i like I, i'm enthusiastic too but man the monasteries have to reform to be worthy of this stuff because no, it's true you can't be like just these stupid liberal academics like like getting your endowment from like 1910 and just like eating off the fat of the land i mean like gosh man like if you don't have a love of poverty mm-hmm. right and it work yeah like and the monastery is just the safe space for you to like
0: but you can't play kind of a game of chicken and say like sure. you, if you get better than i'll you're get right out of, you're know, right no no you're right
1: silly... I, I was being depressing and boring yeah and you're right build the beautiful stuff and as the bible says they will come <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, i love that bible oh that bible page uh 30 i believe yeah it's page 30 in mine as well actually uh it might not be in yours they have different editions what else after monasteries? Well, I think that when
1: you are giving away your wealth, um, you got to recognize that a lot of it is an act of justice, right? And what we described, I think, mostly falls under justice in the sense of like it's what's due to your society. Um, and thinking about that, I think a lot of money could just be spent in the direct reform um, of companies, especially your own, um, to change them from profit accruing companies to profit sharing companies. So this is the hardest, I think. Yeah, um, and this is going to drop your wealth fastest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what the way that we accumulate wealth is through scraping off profits. So I mean this is old school stuff doesn't take a lot of brain cells to to realize that if you have a company that employs 300 people all of whom are making $11 an hour say Um, but they're producing a profit, um, which is more than all of that collective wage. (laughs) Mark
0: the magician with numbers. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What's more than 11? Um,
1: Then that profit is being produced by, yes, your capital, your investment, and the work of everyone who is producing the profits. Mm -hmm. And so within a just Christian economy, that profit as produced is shared equitably, um, between yourself and everyone else, there is no justification for not sharing profits besides not having profits. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm afraid this is how it goes. Like this is just
0: everybody contributes to the success of the company, yeah. and therefore everybody. And then the blood is like it's still it's a body. It's a corp, You know, it's a corporation. It's a body. Corpus you know and and the blood has to flow through all of it i mean you right. could not you could not have a, the success of the company without everybody there and and of course more yeah. people some people are much more important than others absolutely and some people work much and so they, harder and and, and longer so they should and, get paid yeah. more in their salary
1: yes but do not make yeah. the perennial mistake of assuming that your having more money to invest in the first place is equals you being much more important does in certain respects, the thing could not happen without you. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. But the idea, and there's a real risk, right? There can be a real risk. Sometimes it's not a real risk, but there can be a real risk, right? In putting your investment, putting your money into this particular venture. Um, but <laughs> to say, okay, and therefore I should get most of the profits, Yeah, it's uh, unlikely. Maybe if your company has like three people and you're one of them, then that might make sense. <laughs> but <laughs> that's not usually what we're dealing with. Here no, right it's now.
0: not. And so, and so, usually people track their wealth in terms of what they own. And so, like your company's worth four hundred million dollars, and you're now giving away all but fifty million dollars of it, or something like that. So all of a sudden, we're down. Yeah, you're super down. We're super down. We, we only have two hundred million dollars left. This isn't hard, million
1: honestly, Jeff. Jeff Bezos, just make Amazon a, a, a employee owned company. Yeah honestly this one i know that you're struggling to find ways to give this away so just do it man you can do it it's easy and then you won't have the you won't have as big of a problem I mean, you'll still have a problem the monasteries will still have to be founded but
0: yeah there's a lot there gosh man i feel like i feel like we're we're really getting somewhere jeff <laughs> you can do it man now no, one, one other thing yeah. sh- we should know and this is maybe the they'll feel a little bit better about this. You should buy a a beautiful home. Oh yeah. yeah, You really need a beautiful home. And now there's, there's a number of reasons why you need a beautiful home. And it's one, so that people are directed to you for money.
1: Yeah. like (laughs) That's actually real. It's so true. It's like you, if you live in a gated community in just this stupid McMansion, people don't even know that you live there. How are they
0: going to wassail? They can't wassail.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I lived in a, in a, small it wasn't gated it was like a suburban community in virginia and it took me forever to realize that it was illegal to beg there so yeah we do this most of the time like we we create communities in which it's illegal for the poor to show up and ask for money yep and then we do things like oh how can i give away my money like what needs are there in the world it's like (laughs) maybe don't create don't live in a community such where needs are invisible
0: yeah, absolutely, and so the and needs are depersonal. I mean, that's a huge problem. Is that impersonal? I think it would be. The did I say depersonal? Depersonal. Yeah. yeah well, depersonalize. I don't know. My English is good. well uh, that's that's a big problem because people say, you know, this guy needs money. I don't know who know him from Adam. Mm-hmm. Like, what is he going to do with it? Sure. You know? Yeah. Right. My godfather had this hilarious story. He asked uh, C.S. Lewis. You know, they were walking out of a pub one day, and C.S. Lewis gave some some beggar some money. And Walter goes, but aren't you afraid that he's going to spend it on drink? And Lewis goes, well, if I kept it, that's what I would do with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awesome line. But but um, there's another reason to have a big house is that you can have a lot of people in it Yeah, as well. And, um, and that's really important is that if you have a big house, then you need to be using it all the time mm-hmm. as well. Because if you don't use something, then you don't really own it. That's the Catholic principle. Yeah. So you know, use defines ownership. So if you have an ex- extra room, then you're actually sinning in terms of injustice, yep. that you have something that can be used by somebody in need. Right, or or, to, to, or,
1: or to, to put it more, because that, that, that's a little drastic, you could also say you're not sinning insofar as it's not used, but what you are doing is you have an obligation, given that you're not using it, to use it when asked that's like, a better way to say it well yeah. just in the sense of like sometimes your guest room's empty but like <laughs> <laughs> but what you think about the early christian practice of setting a place at the table um for the poor yeah or for jesus mm-hmm. like if you should visit mm-hmm. for elijah um, or Christendom says it's like a fitting and sweet practice to have a bedroom um i think with like a candle lit in it i forget how it goes but like basically like to have a place ready for christ
0: if you mm-hmm. should come to
1: your door mm-hmm. and that's christ in the neighbor mm-hmm. right so it's it's not simply you know like it, it might be an obligation for you if you really have a, a accumulation of disuse to go out and f- bring people to your home yeah um but it could also just be like an actual disposition where you're ready you're ready to take in someone that needs. that's them. right yeah and i've always found the yeah. best way to avoid that awkward scenario of not knowing if it's good to give or if it's good to give money out is to already have given it because then you don't have it to give and then you avoid the awkward scenario. It's so easy.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, so we've got, yeah, we've got a lot here. This is really good. You're tithing, mm-hmm. you're founding a monastery, mm-hmm. you're turning your company into an employee-owned company mm-hmm. so you share profits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're making a beautiful house yep. which I think is also really crucial to, to point out that like you are the person that can afford to create beautiful, beautiful things. things. And preserve beautiful things as we well. We live in a yeah. weird, weird aesthetic era of minimalism. Now, minimalism is a bad joke played on humanity by Satan. And the way it works is this. Um, what you say, you tell people that what looks beautiful, right, is what looks impoverished, right? And then, having, having made this claim, you allow the people that have lots of money, right, to create things that they think are beautiful that look for all the world like what everyone else has
0: right? take for example st anthony's college oxford just google it you're going to see a big silver blob <laughs> they think that's beautiful
1: the point is when wealth is spent on on things that don't look beautiful that are that are very like corporate industrial a lot of glass a lot of metal things that don't last things that you would expect yeah. of an impoverished yeah. culture um, then it's a twofold benefit to the wealthy it allows them to actually not spend a lot of money mm-hmm. right and but at the same time appeal like they're doing those great pu- or, or seem like they're doing those great public works mm-hmm. it's like look i have put up this big block of concrete um so i'm doing my job it's like no yeah. like, like you should do the things that you're truly capable of which is you know, building things with a true beauty, with an intricacy, with a detail that goes down, 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 down to the very smallest detail of your house or of the building that you're, um, that you're building. Um, and that's something that I think requires an aesthetic conversion to an aesthetic of maximalism. Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking, okay, how do I make things that are cool? Or how do I make things that look hip and modern? Or how do I... Maybe modern, like modern's fine. It's just like how do I like the question seems to be how do I make things that don't appear to involve great wealth, but seem to somehow be uh, just big. I don't know. <laughs> um, instead, right of building boxes, like build things that really appear wealthy, things that when people walk past, they couldn't deny that this is the fruit of a great expense, a great work. Um, and that should be your home for sure. That should be the church for sure. Um, I'm not advocating for a kind of like frilly. Um, you know, we're not doing an aesthetic conversation. I'm not advocating for frilliness, but um, you got to build like you're wealthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and if pre- you and preserve like you're wealthy, I think but that's it's an tough. important. It's so tough thing because too. the
1: rich are are cursed in this country to not to not know what beauty is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird that you have like the greatest ugliness being produced by the people who have the greatest capacity to create beauty. Yeah. And where, yeah. You, where you see real beauty is actually in lower classes of people that can't usually afford to really do it. So you see this on the level of craftsmen who have a real love for a particular detail. Like they can yeah. really build gorgeous countertops. say. Right. (laughs) And they don't have the resources with which to take that smaller attention to detail or that love Mm. of of creation and expand it to an entire building, an entire home, a library, whatever it is. Um that's your job. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, all I wish to say is build a beautiful house. Yep. Do what only you can do.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Um well, we're getting we're getting close. We still have around two hundred million dollars to really? go. Oh, yeah, what else you got?
1: Oh, uh, well, I mean, there's
0: there's something like today. I mean, we yeah. mentioned this last time, but I, I I think one of the major issues today is that we're not raising people to have true skills, as you said, as, as you're kind of hinting at there people got to have real skills, people got to think really well, and we can't continue to have a broken university system the way that we do today. I mean, there's not one university that I would want to send my, my kids to. Yeah. So I would say create trade schools, create St. Joseph, the worker college, uh, something like that, you know, where you're, where you're able to completely rethink through a system, yeah. um, and, 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 you know, something that we're doing generally with new polity is to, is to think about, is to go back to the medieval Christendom to say, all right, this was a whole society that was thinking about Christ, that was trying to reform their lives to Christ. Mm. They did it for centuries. So they must've gotten a little bit further than we did have. So mm. let's go back and see what they did. So one of the things that we found was that their university systems rocked socks, I mean, they had this beautiful kind of dance that, that every university student would have where they would go from the field to the library to the chapel. And then this was cultivating their their, their fullest humanity. And so something like the trade school came to, to our mind where you were moving from the workshop to the chapel to the library. So look back at Christendom for, for other ideas. I mean, what else did they well, have? They had cool know, stuff. They had plays. They had plays. Yeah, so- I love this. One
1: of the biggest things that the wealthy yeah. are looked for is to have um, parties. And you see this in the kind of uh, decadent Great Gatsby stuff where those parties become self-enclosed enjoyments of wealth itself. And then everyone is like pale and gloomy. Mm-hmm. And, like, the dresses are kind of boring. And, and people think like, that they're deep because they say things like, I never was fulfilled. Um, that's lame those parties suck so don't do that um, <laughs> but apparently that's what actually gets done you know like during COVID there were a lot of like scandalous stories of the rich disobeying the social distancing laws oh, to have big parties it's like yeah well that's... they
0: tested beforehand they had immediate tests and then they'd oh, fly they? their, chop- their chopper to the next place and then they would do immediate like COVID tests and I'm doing this because they had to stick the little up thing nose. up their nose you well know? at least
1: there's that yeah <laughs> Wait a minute, you're telling me that wealthy had access to technologies that other people don't have during a time of crisis? It's generally true. That doesn't sound like our
0: country. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes, it does. Um, so, parties. Because because something important here is, is liturgical time. It's like actually being coming mm-hmm. aware of liturgical time, which is not this yeah. binging and barfing that we do in our current society, but actually of fasting and feasting. Yeah. And that feasting is real, and it's not particular to just certain people but the entire city yeah
1: so i'm going to talk really quick about the passion plays or or not even the passion plays the mystery cycles of medieval england um where basically usually around the feast of corpus christi um a great expense was made to put on the um mysteries the stories of the uh of salvation history so from the old testament into the new um and there's some really brilliant ones um the one that we're probably most familiar with are the passion plays, uh, which is of the death and or the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, um, and which happens still in Oberammergau um, in Austria. Um, now, these plays, which were cyclical, which would happen every year, they inspired some of what Saint Paul talked about when he talks about let there be a holy competition among you, because each one of the mysteries was um, the responsibility of a particular guild. Um. so a particular um, unit of workers so you would have like the leather workers would sponsor um, you know like the annunciation play and the shipbuilders would uh, res- responsible for the great flood obviously um, but each guild would have this as their public work so their liturgia right the thing that they were proud of um and when they would do them, there was great competition uh, between all the guilds in the sense that everyone wanted to put on the best play. They wanted it to be glorious. They wanted to be known that the Tanners this year just rocked it, right? Um, and there was, there was just like real like competition, even with the skill of the actors, with the lavishness of the sets, the designs, and of just the, the event itself. We don't really have something like that. So like most of our society, um, we take the arts and we kind of put them in a compartment and then we try to get the rich to give to them and we try to get grants from the government and all this stuff. And then we put on plays for the slightly rich <laughs> to be able to go see. Right, exactly. And and, and they're all, the plays are, um, our theater is in a core, it's still a mystery cycle. It's just that it's the mysteries of liberalism. So when you go to see a play, it's always a play about how Someone recognizes their individual power over and against their community and then rises up and sings a song about it. Um, so that's our mystery, our liturgical cycle. Um, now, what I think <laughs> is that that principle could really help, that, that medieval principle could really help um, the wealthy get rid of their money. If there is, I mean, like, I mean, it's literally like, I think you mm-hmm. should literally have mystery cycles like you should literally have plays the scripts are out there yeah go find the actors or we can write our own scripts you know it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like i'm just trying to make it easy for that yeah Yeah. Yeah. well but then they have to figure out the middle english on something (laughs) that might be hard
0: um are they not translated they're translated
1: some are transliterated some aren't so it's like it depends on how many you want to do um but make a great expense it's sort of like the firework principle of of magnificence like Find reasons to blow up your money in a spectacular way and let this be cyclical, healing to a society, that it happens with regularity. So mm-hmm. you can assure to yourself and to the society as a whole that it will never accumulate in a way that isn't for others, in a way that denies the universal destination of goods. Now, plays might be the way to do this. And what's really great is once you, once you have this Christian principle
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it's like, I want to explode my money for others, And that's like in your heart, yeah, right? Then those motivations that we might otherwise condemn, right? Where we might say like, uh, basically those motivations of competition, um, of entrepreneurship, those find their kind of redeeming their redemption, right? because you can have that desire to have the biggest firework, the most spectacular show, you know, yeah. and that because it's for others, it really does become a kind of holy competition mm-hmm. where you don't look with like bitterness and envy if someone does less or more than you, right? but because you're all competing for the sake of the good, the common good. Yeah. You want it to be for everyone so you can recognize how it's all a gift, mm-hmm. even as you want the biggest gift. <laughs> you want to <laughs> give the biggest gift. Um, so yeah, I think public works like building theaters and, um, supporting theater troops who have genuinely liturgical functions of healing society through great spectacle. Um, I think that's crucial. Yep. And I think that, that the wealthy should do it. In fact, I think it's, it's only the wealthy that can do it. You know, here in our town, we have, um, and we demolished, uh, two of our three theaters for the sake of parking lots for other, um, it hurts, but for, for other businesses um no, th-
0: those businesses are closed and the parking lots are empty
1: yeah but there's one left uh the grand theater in steubenville that um a gentleman here has been tirelessly trying to restore to its former beauty which mm-hmm. is a real i mean it's like rococo plaster work it's like
0: yeah it's 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 a the back wall literally split the bricks yeah yeah you a lot sew that up <laughs> um so it's, it's
1: literally something like to have a thriving theater and a, and a troupe and the ability to have a place of communal entertainment by and from the people and not just simply us giving money to the corporations in California. Um, this requires great wealth. Yeah. Right. And, um, I hope we get it, but this is my point. That's another thing you can do is to look for grand festival. Um, that you alone can really make majestic. Yep.
0: Magnificent, even. Magnificent,
1: even. Um, and then do it. Yeah. And that, that should get rid of a lot of money, too. That should do it,
0: yeah. yeah. So I think you've gotten the the, the idea. I mean, you can also buy up billboards and put sacred art on there instead of just that's gimmicky my, marketing. That's my job. Or I'm just, yes, yeah, mark school and That's the
1: first thing I'm doing when I'm
0: wealthy, guys. Or just when tear you... them down. Just buy them and tear them down. It's harder. Yeah. It's harder.
1: It's actually... Is it? Well, it's just They're that protected? people own them. you can
0: buy them that's what i'm saying once you you buy them from them you
1: can buy the land that's on it and then take it down
0: yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so these could be things if you're really struggling and that would be again there's there's something when people think about giving away their money they often think about material needs yeah and they're not thinking about spiritual needs Mm -hmm. and we're never going to fix the material needs if we don't have the spiritual needs fixed because we have created. I mean, Marx was right when he when he's talking about capitalism, that the that the wizard cast a spell and it and then the wizard no longer controls it. Mm-hmm. You know, we are stuck in the in this rut. But the system really is a dis is just everybody having the same disposition of soul yeah. towards de, uh, depersonalizing society. There we go. I got it right. Uh, towards a systems approach, towards a constitutional approach, towards individualism. Mm-hmm. And the only way that that system is going to be broken is once people's dispositions are changed. So yeah. so there's a spiritual change that includes beauty in, yeah. in our exposure to well, it. Well, and
1: it has to recognize that you are going to face Jesus Christ and he's going to That's ask right. what you did with your money. I That's mean, right. It's weird that, this is one of the few times where Jesus is very clear. Like right? the use of money is his number one image of the use of capacity generally. Yes, that's right? right. So it's yeah. always in within the form of giving that talent, right? Yep. Um, that, that's his parable, and somehow somehow we all spiritually as Catholics have agreed with what the image represents. So we say things like, like, yeah, you have to give your talents to God. You're going to render an account for what mm-hmm. you've done with mm-hmm. all the things mm-hmm. that have been given to you but we like exclude the, the, the meta image, the er phenomenon, like the thing itself that Jesus
0: uses somehow goes by the wayside. It counts for my soul, but not for my wallet. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wait, but he was talking about your wallet. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like the
1: re- and, and this is just, um, uh, this is like a literary problem. Like good metaphor is grounded in um, like the historic sense. So like, because it's true of money, it can become a good metaphor for other things, but it has exactly. to be true of money in the first place. Absolutely. It's not like, oh, well, he just meant it really for other things. So it's not true of money. It's like that's precisely what would make it a terrible metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like you can only say all flesh is grass if there's an actual relationship between the two and the same thing. You can only say that money equals talent if if it does if it's a real example of capacity that's got to be used for God. That's right. That's right. So I think with what you're saying you're only going to break a systems approach to money where you presume that it's going to be doled out by lawyers or markets or taxes or whatever um, by recognizing that you're going to face Jesus for what you did with every dollar that you ever had. Exactly. And you will be condemned, right, if you used it for injustice or if you omitted to use it for justice, you will be condemned by the just judge. Um, And you will be praised and welcomed you know into the arms of Christ if you did it for if you used it for the poor right cuz yeah. that's what he says he says i mean gosh this is just like baseline stuff but i think we forget like when when christ the only time he talks about people going to hell it's because they didn't use their capacities for the sake of those who needed them yep yeah i mean that's that's what he says and
0: so we'll have podcasts on savings accounts and yeah. retirement funds yeah. and inheritance Got to do inheritance
1: too. Dude, it's huge. But let's let's go over our list here. But okay, so you got a list. billion dollars. Okay, you got a billion dollars. Sucks. So sorry. We promise it won't happen again. Not not after this.
0: Yeah. Number one. Tithe. Number two. Found monasteries. Number three. Employee-owned companies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number four. Buy house. Big beautiful Big house. house. Beautiful Make it beautiful, house. Yeah. beautiful house and beautiful art in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah.
1: crush it. Number
0: five. Billboards uh, <laughs> and. And uh, and drama theaters and cy- cycles and festivals.
1: Yeah. So so the the firework approach, right? Burn your money on on large public works, um, which benefit everyone.
0: And then you've done it. You've done it. Then you're, you're one of us. <laughs> Welcome.
1: Welcome to the poor. Now
0: brother. that that burden of metal on your broken yeah. back yeah. is yeah. off. Your soul is uplifted. You're yeah. happy.
1: And furthermore, in the blessed you, way. You've built your, uh, in yourself a habit. Yep. Um, through pain, through suffering, it's not going to be easy, especially yep. because you know capitalism habituates you to think that the pious act is to hold on to everything and to never let money go unless it's just a means of making more money. Mm-hmm. That is our piety. That's our liturgy. That's our ritual. That's what we do. That's what, we, that's what it means to, to live within a capitalist religious cult. Yeah. So in getting out of it, it's going to create a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, but then that habit will mean that the next time that through your sort of, Blessing really of entrepreneurship it's hard to say you gotta you got uh, and through your own resources and abilities and everything God's given you, if you do make another billion, you know what to do
0: you'll you'll be habituated mm-hmm. yeah. towards a Catholic way of being, and with that, next time, bye. <laughs>